evidence and answers. The foundation of American freedom was built on the principles of the Bible. Our Christian heritage is undeniable and seen in our monuments, government buildings, and founding documents. Today, there's a growing antagonism against biblical Christianity in America, in the government, media, schools, and it is even infiltrated into the church. You're tuned to Evidence and Answers radio broadcast with your host, Pat Zukran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. We will be continuing on with Pat's interview with his guest, Dr. Phil Ginn, as they discuss America's precarious situation and what Christ's disciples are called to do as we face challenging times ahead. Remember, if you missed any part of this broadcast, head on over to our website, that's evidenceandanswers.org, and look up Wake Up Call for the Church in America. Now, let's get right to the conclusion of this interview. You know, one of the things I see where government is, seems to have a lot of antagonism against the church, you know, is that area of free speech. They are promoting the LGBT books and the curriculum, transgender people coming in and, and reading and doing lap dance in front of our children and things like that. But you can't have a Bible in public schools. Yeah. You know, uh, here, if your folks, your listeners want to know the technical advantage that we have, I think it's a God given advantage because I think our nation is God given to us. But if you look at various democracies around the world, their constitution is different than ours. Ours yes. is a unique constitution. I, and, and one of the things that makes it unique is that we, our forefathers and mothers or whoever uh, stood up to uh, even, the, uh, even the original constitutional convention and said, we're not signing this document until we have specific Bill of Rights added to it. So we had the first 10 amendments, the, what we call the Bill of Rights to our constitution. That doesn't exist in other constitutions. So this freedom of religion is not something that they can lean on in Canada. And we've got friends in Canada who are facing persecution because they preach sermons in the pulpit against homosexuality and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but there's this, uh, I'm just going to say it plainly. There are awful lot of problems with that I see with the uh, with Christian nationalism, but I see far greater I have far greater concern with this real antagonism of the left of the Marxist uh, philosophy uh, that is totally opposed to Christ. The only time that I will ever worry about a right wing and a radical right wing uprising is if the radical left takes control and there is no control. And and you see that in Portland, you see it in uh, all of these areas where violence and chaos reigns in our cities. That's nothing but demonic, but it's also a real Marxist movement to destabilize the government in our nation. Yes, you're listening to our interview with Dr. and Judge Phil Jen, president of Southern Evangelical Seminary here. And Dr. Ginn, you've been saying and I heard it in one of your sermons, and maybe you can further expound on this, but you said the situation in Russia and Germany prior to their governments turning and being taken over by the socialist and Nazi government, the situation that was there prior to those overthrow and takeovers of that government, you see a lot of that here in America, and we really need to be aware and wake up to what's going on. Uh, expound on that a little bit. What's, what's the situation you're talking about? 
Pat, the only difference right now in America and in Russia or Germany during that period of time, of course, Russia was in the wave of World War One, and it didn't hit Germany until uh, the rise of Hitler. But there was a direct parallel between our nation and those two nations, except for the fact up until now we've had a strong economy in our nation. And what ultimately took those two nations down was the lack of common things, food and other necessities that they needed to to survive. And once that came, then violence uh, began to erupt. What people don't understand is that both those nations were on a collision course with having a a government that was going to be autocratic, Mm. that was not going to be uh, democratic by any means. There was going to be a dictator coming, and particularly in Germany, we didn't know whether that was going to be fascist or communist. We didn't know and up until the right at the end of it. And those two factions were for control. Ultimately, the fascists won because they had more guns, essentially, and weren't afraid to use them. Of course, they coalesced around a strong leader as well. But what folks don't understand is the end result's the same. It doesn't matter whether it's Hitler or Stalin. It doesn't matter. And the populace is going to be treated in the same manner. And mistreated, I should say, in the same manner. Yeah, you know, and gotten so many complaints from Christians in churches when pastors may address an issue that's going on, a abortion bill that's being passed, or Roe v. Wade on the verge of being turned over. And uh, many Christians were saying, pastors, don't get political. Don't talk politics with us. And it is true, government is not the savior, but the churches have to address some of the issues in government Especially when you got bills, you know, on abortion and euthanasia and changing the definition of marriage and, and things like that. There's got to be a balance there, don't you think? I fully agree with that, Pat. I think that we, we run the risk sometimes of getting off in these weeds and, and forgetting the gospel. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't want us to ever do that. You know, being an American citizen is not the same as being a child of God mm-hmm. and vice versa. But if we don't preach the gospel and if we don't as the gospel uh, is being preached, if we don't call for people to change their lives and to call them out of sin, then that's hate crime. That's the hate crime when we're silent about what is going on around us for fear that somebody might be wanting to confront us, fear that we might hurt somebody's feelings, fear that our income might be changed in some sort of way or that we might not be as employable as we one time were for us, fearing that we might not get all the students we want to get or our donations might dry up or, or, or what have you mm-hmm. at SES. When we get so worried about those kinds of things that we fail to preach and teach the whole gospel, then uh, we're in a great danger. And that's exactly where we are in this nation, Pat. Yeah. You know, you talked about your third institution here, the media. It's a very powerful vehicle. Tell us about what you see in the media today. Well, I think Hollywood and and those kinds of things have have lured us to sleep because uh, we like the things of Hollywood. You know, we like to go hear entertainers entertain us. Uh, and we like to see the visuals. We've allowed those things to get crazier and crazier and crazier. And once we allow that to occur, then we're affected by what we see and hear. Let me give you an example of that, Pat, what I'm talking about with the media. There, and, and, and this goes back to nature. 
there's a certain uh, kind of larva that an ant colony will find. And this ant larva uh, produces a substance, a sticky substance that is actually an aphrodisiac for the ants. Mm-hmm. They, they just can't get enough of it. And so the adult ants will find one of these bug larvas and will take it back into their nest and to their anthill. And they'll just, uh, it's just a great thing for the anthill uh, from their point of view. The problem is that the food of this bug larva is ant larva. Mm. So the adults are literally bringing into their homes the very thing that is killing their children. And that's what's happened in this nation. I'm just astounded at some of the rap music, but at the same time, if you listen to some country and Western music, the lyrics are just as bad. And then in our churches, Pat, we're more concerned about the show that we're putting on than we are about what's being taught. Mm -hmm. We just allowed the media to, uh, to influence us. Well, let's get back. Most of the media are being trained in our colleges and our universities that have gone uh, south so long ago that it's not even funny. And so the universities are filled up with people who hate God. So when they put people out into the workplace, no wonder we get people who hate God, whether it's in the media or anywhere else for that matter. Well, you know, you've painted this scenario for us as a prophet speaking and warning the culture today, but it's not all doom and gloom, right? I mean, what can churches and Christians do uh, in light of where we find ourselves today in our nation? And that's just not here in America. You know, those listening from around the world, uh, we're heard in a lot of countries in Asia. You know, it applies. It's certainly not isolated to our nation, Pat. Yeah. First thing that I would say is to wake up and to realize what's happening. We've got so many people that would prefer head in the sand. Nothing's really happening yet. So maybe if we just stay real quiet, this will all go away and I won't have to be uh, troubled by it. Uh, It's on your doorstep. It's not going to leave you. We're on the horns of a dilemma. We're going to have to make the choice, Pat, because if we don't make a choice, we make the choice anyway. We're in that Joshua moment where he stood up and said, choose today who you're going to serve. Mm-hmm. You, you have to make that choice today. Which side you're going to be on, that's the first thing that you, uh, you're you going to have to do. And, and once you do that, uh, if you decide to seek God's face, then you need to seek God's face. Pat, you need to to search the scriptures. You need to pray. You need to say, what would you have me do in this hour? Where do you want me to go? We need good people who do nothing but raise their families. I'm I'm not trying to call on anybody to get out in public. And unless that's what God's calling you to do, you you don't have to write things like I do. You don't have to publicly speak like like you and I do. You don't have to do those things. But there's something that God wants you to do. Whatever that is, find it and do it. And for the most part, what we need to do is we need to have those people who are not afraid to name the name of Jesus regardless of cost. Jesus said, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before the Father. So where are we Mm -hmm. uh, in that regard? And, you know, I don't mean to be so gloomy because uh, you and I have read the last chapter in the book. Um, mm-hmm. we, we know what the outcome is going to be. Paul, again, wrote to many of his folks and said, you received the gospel with joy in your affliction. And, and those are two words that Americans don't understand going together very well. 
uh, joy yeah. in affliction. And I've thought a lot about that. I, I think we need to do one of our courses here at the seminary on how do we act on, in persecution because that's coming in America. Yeah. In fact, we do have one of our partners he teaches, he's an adjunct professor here too, who's working with special forces members throughout the world. Wow. And he's teaching them as a part of his class how to uh, give out the gospel while they're being tortured. Wow. Think about that, Pat. I mean, that's what it's coming to in this nation. We can't be afraid of that. We have to, to walk into it knowing what is occurring, but un, unwilling to bow the knee to gods of this world. I love Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego for no other reason than I like to name to say their names. <laughs> but yeah. they're faced with being thrown into the fiery furnace if they don't bow down to the God of Nebuchadnezzar that he's made. And, and their response is classic. You know, they say, you know, O King, live forever, but you need to know that our God is able to save us, and he will save us. But even if he doesn't, we're not going to worship anyone but him. Yeah. That's the attitude we need out there. We, it's the attitude we need to instill in our young people. And God is calling out a remnant in America today. I will say this to you as well, that revival never comes in good times. Oh. Revival only comes in times of stress. Oh. So my hope is that if enough people wake up, that this can turn into one of the greatest revivals that this nation has ever seen. There is that possibility that exists out there. Wow, yeah, that's great insight there. I think America is unique in that we've had two great awakenings. And you're right, it came at a time when, you know, America was involved in heavy immorality and states were divided, people were divided, and that's when the great preaching of Jonathan Edwards and the revival preachers came and united the country against England. And then the second great awakening, I think it's Finney and Wesley and others that brought the nation together and, and we defeated the tyranny of slavery and things. So do you feel that perhaps in our lifetime we may see another great awakening for America? I'm not very good predictor <laughs> of what's to come. I can see that as a distinct possibility mm-hmm. uh, that uh, God uh, would use America and its circumstances to bring one more revival out. I really say that, that one of three things is possible. One, uh, God can break back into history at any time and call his church to himself. Mm-hmm. He's not shared that time with me. Pat, I couldn't handle it if he did. <laughs> but at any rate, that's a distinct possibility. I think that there is a distinct possibility as well that what we're involved with can lead to the demise of our nation, America. And if our nation, America, uh, leads to uh, being dysfunctional, uh, continues to be dysfunctional, then the entire world will be affected by that because we are the hope of the world in America still. If God doesn't raise up another nation somewhere else, then we're the greatest hope of this world. And the third thing that could happen is that people will begin to turn their hearts to the Lord. I I pray that that third thing will happen before God breaks back into history. Mm -hmm. And I pray that it will happen before America ceases to be the nation that has the ability and the power, and well, not the power, but the ability and the need to be. But I don't know that's going to happen, but that's what I hope will happen. And it will happen if God's people will turn their hearts to him. Mm-hmm. You know, Second Chronicles says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. It doesn't say America. Right. It says my people. 
Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm calling uh, Christians all over, true Christ followers all over this nation and all over this world. Let's repent. Let's come back to uh, making the gospel, making Jesus first and the gospel paramount in our conversations. And yes, let's stand up against tyranny. Let's stand up against uh, the sinfulness of this world. Let's be that watchman in the wall who Jesus is looking for, God's looking for, so that he will spare this nation. And perhaps if there's enough of us willing to stand in that gap, then our nation will be spared. Yeah, you know, Dr. Richard Land, when he was here in Hawaii, he talked about where does it begin? And quoting Second Chronicles 6, God was saying, if my people, and he says, right. it begins with God's people. You can't expect the government or the non-Christian culture to get their act together. It Uh has to begin with God's He said we have to get our house in order first if we expect the culture to have anything to look at. Well, you can't expect a pagan to be anything more than a pagan. (laughs) Right. I mean, seriously. I mean, Mm -hmm. they don't know any better. Yeah. Now, Christians are acting sinfully. They know better. Mm -hmm. They should, Mm -hmm. uh, at least. Paul writing in Ephesians 5 says this. He says, wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will make day dawn on you. That's what Christianity needs in America. We need to rise from the dead and allow Christ to make day dawn on us. God's a God of light. He is a God of order, Pat. He's the God of the truth, and truth matters. The devil, Satan, is the father of lies. He is the father of chaos, and he's doing his best to uh, convince the world that his way is the best way and doing a pretty good job of it, by the way. Mm -hmm. But I think it's time that our nation, that Christians all through this nation wake up to the truth that matters. And that truth is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And my prayer is that the Lord will hasten that day. Yes. And one of the things that Dr. Geisler regularly told us is that, you know, as Christians, uh, you just can't protest against the ills of society you need to defeat the ideologies that yes. undergird those. And so, you know, 2 Corinthians 10.5, we demolish all arguments and every pretension that stands against the knowledge of Christ, that Christians need to be trained to defeat those ideologies. Isn't that right? Absolutely. And, and that's what we've been about for the last 30-some years here at Southern Evangelical Seminary. Uh, we have a unique way of teaching theology where we wrap theology and apologetics uh, and uh, all other aspects of what we teach here together, and we weave it into everything that we do. And I have my own personal definition. This certainly didn't come from Norm Norm Geisler. Norm would have been much more technical than I am. In fact, I used to laugh with him, and I'd I'd tell him, for whatever reason, became a mentor to me. And I told him, I said, look, I just need to know enough of what you know so that I can translate it to other people. (laughs) That's my only prayer. We need to, to come to the concept that We need to be telling and living the truth in love. And it is not loving to allow people to live in a lie. Yes. Yeah. Like in my transgenderism talk, I said to have people continue to believe and embrace a lie and continue in that direction only causes more pain and suffering. What's going to begin to bring healing not only to individuals, but cultures and nations, is turning people back towards the truth. And as Christians, we've got to be able to do that, not only lovingly and graciously, but persuasively and powerfully. Absolutely. 
That's the bottom line, Pat. Yeah, and one of the institutions that is training hundreds of Christians to be able to do that uh, is Southern Evangelical Seminary. So in the last few moments we got together, tell us a little bit about what's going on at Southern Evangelical and how Christians can get trained and equipped to be able to be effective ambassadors for Christ in our culture today. Well, Pat, thank you for giving me that opportunity. I personally am excited, and I think that's a good word to use here uh, for the folks that are part of this organization. We're we're excited to see what God's doing here at Southern Evangelical. Our our student body is growing at a time when a lot of schools and and that sort of thing are losing ground. We are back to uh, the admonition of, of Isaiah. We are lengthening our cords and strengthening our stakes. We're strengthening our resolve to speak the truth, but we're also uh, trying to reach out to more and more people. We have now developed uh, certificates for folks to come and take who, who don't want to go the full gamut of getting an extra degree or that sort of thing that uh, we're training more and more people every day to go out to be in the in the workplace. You know, it's just as important for us to to have folks who have knowledge of apologetics to be working at Amazon as it is preaching yeah. in churches. Yes. Uh, I mean, that's that's what's going to change the world. Yeah, we've got people. Uh, we, we just had a graduation, and I think we had folks from Australia. We had one from Hawaii here. We had one from Toronto, Canada. We're affecting lives all through the the world. We're right now uh, entering into some strategic partnerships that I am just so excited about. I can't tell you all of the names of the ones, but uh, because they haven't been ironed out, and I don't want to let the cat out of the bag. But we're dealing with one organization to bring boot camp type. Um, training to our young people so that when they go away to college or into the workplace, they'll have a good strong leg to stand on so that we don't lose 80 some percent of them when they leave our homes. We're working with another group to train pastors and not only to train pastors in third world countries, but we're beefing up folks to take over seminary training down there so that we can actually teach apologetics they can teach apologetics to their own people without uh, us having to teach it to them. I'm so excited about that. We're involved with training with other Christian organizations who uh, are in disaster relief and that sort of thing. We're, we're discussing uh, ways that we can train their people so that they can effectively present the gospel and defend the faith as they are uh, meeting the needs of people. So there's just so many exciting things that are happening. There's three things that I think that Christians really ought to be concerned about. One is meeting the needs of folks. It's hard to listen to the gospel if you're hungry or, or hurting, but I think you need to be pronouncing the gospel as well as you, while you do that. And the third thing is we need to be impacting our culture, and we're trying to be involved in all three of those things here at SES. And I'm so glad to see our horizons broaden in that regard. Yes, and you can also attend great conferences. Uh, you got a great one there in Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, but you also have graduates speaking and doing conferences. Uh, all over the world, including here in the state of Hawaii. Well, I'm going to hold you to your offer to invite me over there. Uh, I look forward to coming and and feeling those tropical breezes. I always had a running debate with Dr. Geisler and Richard Land. They were always saying that your conference there in North Carolina was the best apologetics conference in the world. And I kept saying, you guys are wrong. It's the one here in Hawaii. And I don't think I ever got them convinced. Well, Pat, you don't have any you don't have any good North Carolina barbecue down there now. So, <laughs> hey, 
Yeah, that's true. We yeah, we, we've got the beach. <laughs> there you go. Well, we got a beach in North Carolina, just not in Charlotte. <laughs> okay, well, great. You've been listening to our interview with Judge and Dr. Phil Ginn, president of a great institution there, Southern Evangelical Seminary, one of the leading apologetics seminaries in the world. There are some of the best teachers that you hear on Evidence and Answers, and you uh, also get to see at our conference, our part of Southern Evangelical Seminary. So, uh, Dr. Ginn, you know, thanks for being with us here on Evidence and Answers. We look forward to having you more often. Well, Pat, I, I appreciate it so much, and I, I look very forward to our next opportunity to, to uh, visit together. Our time for today has come to a close. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Would you or your church be interested in having Pat speak or host an apologetics conference? Just give him a call. In Hawaii, that number is 483-0586. Or you may contact him through the Evidence and Answers website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. And while you're there on our website, take a look around. We have a wide variety of different topics that will make for an incredible conference series. Use our search engine for available resources. We have everything from atheism to Zen Buddhism, including articles and additional audio free to listen to or download. So be sure to share our website with those around you. To keep quality broadcasts like Pat's on the air, we rely on generous financial support from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to partner with us, you can find a link to donate on our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. Evidence and Answers would like to thank one of our sponsors, the Honolulu Christian Church. If you don't have a home church and are looking for a great place to connect and grow in Christ, check out the Honolulu Christian Church. For service times, log on at honoluluchristian.org. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide compelling reasons for faith in Christ. That's Evidence and Answers with Pat Zucran. Zucran.